change the way you look at things. The things you look at change. What exists, reality itself, is gorgeous. It is the plenum, the fullness of total joy. The universe is a celebration. It's a firework show to celebrate that existence is. Wow, we. For those of us seeking a life of meaning and purpose, capturing fulfillment in every moment of now, seeking the truth of our reality so we can live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life podcast. I'm your host, Heath Cummings. And I'm your co-host for the day, Alexis McQuillan. We're here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every single day. What's going on, everybody? Are you living Before we jump or into are you today's amazing episode where we take a deep dive into the collective consciousness and the Schumann resonance, I wanted to remind you all to like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is, uh, get on to the platform that you're listening on and follow along with the show and definitely share it with anybody that you think would benefit from it. Your contributions toward getting us to the front of the pack in front of as many eyes and ears as possible is what's gotten us out there in the ever-growing sea of nearly 3 million podcasts, it's pushed us out to the top 3% globally. So thank you so much for that and help us keep that momentum going. Um, also, drop us a review in Apple Podcasts if you have that ability to, whatever platform you're listening on. But primarily, Apple Podcasts is where a majority of our listeners come from. And uh, you leave us those ratings and reviews, we will actually read them on future episodes. Um, also, if you have episode suggestions, I've gotten a few from some listeners recently. So please send those directly to connect at livethislife.org. We could feature your question on uh, a future episode. So please do those. One thing I'll also mention is that this particular episode, we had a bit of a technical glitch. So those of you watching on uh, YouTube, Spotify, and Rumble, as well as BNC TV, anybody watching the video version, the first 15 minutes or so of video uh, was basically lost. The screen shares didn't make it on there as well. So I did my best to pull all the content we were actually showing. And uh, the only thing we're missing at this point was the Zoom of Alexis and I. Uh, the glitch was uh, named Heath. So that I'll take full responsibility for that one. But um, the you know something I've said many times before, perfection is the enemy of good enough. So kind of embracing that we're just going to roll with what the universe delivered for us on this episode which it was still gold it was a great conversation so sit back relax and let's get it growing what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode and i am here with my amazing co-host miss alexis what's happening what's happening <laughs> how you doing Heath? i'm doing good got back from a nice little well-deserved break that i haven't had in a while so i'm like kind of refreshed and as you and i were chatting about like i'm kind of like cutting loose some some other obligations in my life and things that I've kind of let wrap me up over the course of this entire podcast. So it's, you know, with the ultimate plan of opening things up and being able to dive into this and do this a bit more than I've been able to since the, the whole time I actually started this whole thing up. So that's really exciting. So I'm fired up and I'm ready to go. And this thing we're going to talk about today is awesome. But how are you? I'm good. I'm like trying to hold in my smile because I'm like, wait, you're giving up something else. So you can put all your energy into this. Oh my gosh. It's going to be awesome. I'm it's going to be so good. It is. It is. <laughs> it, it needed to happen. And it is like exactly what we're going to talk about today about how, you know, a lot of chaos has to shake out sometimes for a bunch of order to snap in. And that totally melds into exactly some of the stuff we're going to talk about with the collective consciousness. And that's what we're going to dive in today. But that was inspired because that was something that's been hot on 
your list of things that you've been wanting to talk about for a while. But when I mentioned like, what are we going to talk about in our next one? That one like jumped out for you. Why? Like what, what made you want to do? Like, we have to do collective consciousness. Why was we so, have to, we there's have so to. many cool. Yeah. There's just so many amazing things happening on earth right now. I don't know if you saw it, but I definitely saw it. Did you see the Schumann resonance, how it spiked? Yes. Yeah. The, the, the Schumann resonance had a massive, um, some people were like maybe calling it a glitch or something like that, but um, I, mm. I kind of corroborate. So actually, let me let me get into what the Schumann resonance actually is. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people might not actually know it. So um, I think I get, a, I get a visual representation that will help guide my um, it will help guide my my educational uh, banter that I have going on here. So I'm going to do a screen share and this is always clunky. So I forgive me that this isn't nice and smooth and transitional, but for anybody who wants <laughs> Wait, to see, hold on. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you just happen to have it. I'm like, have you heard of the Schumann resonance? I have it. <laughs> I have it in a folder of stuff because when this whole thing came up, I wanted to save quite a few things because I knew it was going to be a good podcast episode at some point. So Ooh, I was I was okay, so pumped okay. when, you, when you were like, did you see it? And we should do an episode on it. I'm like, yeah, we should because I've been totally geeking out and saving stuff on wait. this whole thing. But I've been fascinated with the Schumann resonance for the longest time. So I'll describe what it is and then I'll do the screen share because I cannot walk and chew gum at the same time here. So I'm not going to be able to like talk <laughs> and figure this part out. So basically yeah. what, what the Schumann resonance is, and for those of you who want to see the visual representation, please remember that this will be live on YouTube within a couple days of the actual audio version going up. And if you're listening to it on Spotify, you have the ability to see the video version of this. So check it out. It's also on Rumble. So all of those locations, you can see what I'm talking about, but I'm going to try for those of you who don't have the video option. I'll just give you sort of just the try to give you a mental picture. So if you picture the surface of the earth and the bottom of the ionosphere, so basically the, the bottom of like the outer portions of the earth's atmosphere, it's literally like an echo chamber. So there's all this electrical interference that happens between the surface of the earth and the top or bottom of the atmosphere right before you hit space. And that that echo chamber, so to speak, is where electrical frequencies will bounce back and forth between the surface of the earth and the sky and the bottom of the sky, essentially. And it's measured in hertz. So a hertz is basically a wavelength that, you know, say it goes up and then it goes down like waves do. One hertz is the start of the up wave and then it goes to the down wave and then it goes back up to its starting point from where you started to measure the wave from. So that is one hertz. So if it does it in seven cycles per second, in one second, that wavelength will go up and down seven times. It'll go from its starting position to its ending position seven times. So that would be a seven hertz measurement. So the, the Schumann resonance is basically called the Earth's heartbeat. It's measured, I think it's like 7.62. I don't have that exact one, but I think it's 7.62 as far as what it's on. Um, I'll pull it up. Yeah. Let so, me uh, contribute here. Yeah, I'll pull it up. You, you go do that research like uh, like like Joe Rogan's <laughs> um, producer does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Keep but going. Yeah, so <laughs> Nerd. It, it, <laughs> you see, I see how much abuse I take, man. It's just freaking nerd. Unrelenting. Unrelenting <laughs> abuse. Um, so... The the Schumann resonance is measured in frequency. It's it's basically the common part. It's seven point six two is what I think it is. Eight three. Seven point eight three. You're close. Thank you, Alexis. Um, mm -hmm. 
that is that is the average but it will fluctuate it'll go higher it'll go lower so to give you just sort of like a a like a i don't know i guess a comparison so like the human audible range is 15 hertz all the way up to like 80,000 hertz so anything wow. below, below 15 a human can't hear anything above 80,000 a human can't hear get into like dog whistles and stuff that you know we can't hear um so you know down in the seven range we can't hear it although like i think it might is it new mexico or arizona somewhere where the, like the hum exists like people have tried to say so yeah there's this weird low frequency that people can hear out there that's completely inexplicable and it's been going on since like forever but people hear like this low pitch hum but it's only certain people in certain places and it's almost like maddening it's made people like go insane or move like completely like they sold their houses over this whole thing i've heard about that the hum like you've never heard about the hum no, no. now i want to look it up yeah so i'm some, so curious now some people think that that might be what it is because it is a super duper low frequency um, so anyways, back to the, the echo chamber, let me pull up this video and I will show you, um, what actual visual representation of it. Let me share my screen. So the visual representation, can you, there we go. So this basically it's loading. Oh, here we go. There we go. So that's the visual representation of what it would look like. It's basically showing that, you know, sometimes radio signals will set things off. Lightning is often the one thing that sets off the Schumann resonance the most. So we have a very active, um, you know, electrical storms around the planet or near a measuring station. It will set it off. Um, a couple other things that are typical that will set it off are um you know wi-fi towers and cell phone towers and all sorts of other man-made things especially like their the, the government's experimental weather stuff that they have going on like harp um how do i stop sharing there we go um like the, there's the radio arrays like up in alaska like harp uh, it's a high atmospheric measuring thing and they, they tinker with the weather with it and stuff like that. It's all the conspiracy theories that have to go on with it but it actually exists Russia has one, so that totally affects what the Schumann resonance, uh, like the the signals that'll happen around the world. But one of the biggest things that'll actually affect it is the sun's solar activity because it'll penetrate the atmosphere and then it bounces between the surface of the Earth and the atmosphere. And the way that the, we're in the, like an 11 year solar maximum right now, so we're getting these massive, massive spikes in the Schumann resonance and it's causing like major havoc with things. And the measuring equipment that we just happen to see in the last what was it i think it was the beginning of june i want to say it was like june 19th or something like that um the thing that all of us saw the thing that kind of like sparked you to be like dude we got to talk about this thing and i was mm -hmm. all pumped when you mentioned that because it was like yeah we totally got to talk about it um i'm gonna blow this one up and do it so anyway if, if you can see the screen there's um basically two bands of color so the schumann resonance will measure in these blues and these greens and it's just basically like some white blotches in there and the white blotches are the spikes some of them last for a really long time when they look at this chart they're hours at a time sometimes these these huge wow. spikes in the schumann resonance last for days at a time but like the top row would be maybe like a 24-hour period so you can see a bunch of greens and hardly anything at all and then in the midst of the greens you can see some oranges and reds and the whites that are in there are like the highest part of the scale so then the next band down from that would be a um a pretty big long stretch where there was a huge 
spike that might have happened. That could have been from a solar flare or something else. Um, but what happened on June 18th is what I think it was, was this crazy so cool spike that happened and it has like these these geometric designs that look very similar to like a double helix of dna strand and it looks like it has a mm -hmm. bunch of sacred geometry codes like if you take the earth's um orbit and you plot straight lines like with a compass and you overlay like jupiter's orbit on it and all these other things it'll it'll create like these ornate patterns that start to look like triangles and stars, like very intricate sacred geometry patterns. And the Schumann residents just did this for like, I want to say, what does it say? It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. So one o'clock in the morning, it just did this massive array. So all these people all over the planet went nuts. And they're like, what is happening with the Schumann residents? What are these DNA looking codes? Cause they say that the, the Schumann resonances frequencies will actually interact with, with human consciousness. And it totally does. Um, so I looked at this and I actually corroborated some of the information and it, it kind of leans towards like, maybe there was a bit of a malfunction with the machinery, but then when you, when you, the, the, this particular measuring device was in Russia, there were other ones around the planet and the sun was actually having some abnormal solar activity right around the same time. And actually right now, as we speak, there's going to be some crazy northern lights in the next 48 hours because we're getting hit with a massive storm again like we keep getting blasted so right now we're getting smashed with a solar storm that's starting right about when we're recording this it's uh what july 11th but it's on a tuesday and we're gonna be getting smashed until like thursday or friday so some funky stuff might be happening with the schumann residents so i'm hoping to get this episode out super quick so people can kind of check this out and kind of corroborate like what we're saying with stuff that might be happening in real time but i'm interested to see what the schumann resonance is going to say in the next you know 48 hours 72 hours i'll share the link i have with you to, to check it out live maybe i'll put that in the link of the show notes as well um but I'll, yeah, I'll, te yeah. I'll text it to you once this episode's over so you can keep an eye on it it's super cool stuff but yeah that's that's basically the gist of why we're talking about this today and what the schumann resonance is and it, you know it actually does have a lot of relevance with um, human consciousness, like it, it definitely has, um, uh, similar effects when the Schumann resonance is where it's at its average of the 7.83 is what you said. Yep. That's right. That hurts. That it's frequency good. is actually the, the brainwave <laughs> state that you're in when you're in an alpha theta brainwave state. Like when you, I did episodes about like hemisync and brainwave states really early on in the show. Uh, it's a fascinating subject, but you can actually take um, musical tones and synchronize your brain's hemispheres into going into a specific state, like a dream state or an alpha state, like the zone that athletes get into. And when you're in the 7.83 range, that is very relaxed and dreamy and sleepy and like super healing. It's like where your body will do its like its recovery. So that's the type of sleep and rejuvenative like body condition that you want to get into. So I find it really interesting that the Earth's heartbeat is actually a, a hertz frequency that is like the most calming for us, you know, like a, a child in a mother's womb or something like it's really fascinating. But when it gets higher or lower, like depending on where the frequencies lie, it can affect the human organism, like the entire species in a certain way. Like it's not woo woo stuff. Like at 100% can affect how you are. Like the, the moon, full moon affects people and everything else. Like totally when the earth's heartbeat spikes, it can shake up some shit and people can go crazy. Yeah. 
And I mean, a good example of that too, is like, if you think about the moon and how, when there's a full moon or certain times of um, the phases, how it affects the tides, um, it also affects the entire ocean. And there's, I think we've talked about this before. Like there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in the ocean during specific moon phases. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, if we're, you know, 70, 80% water, it's affecting us. And that's why it's true you can ask the hospitals why the full moon there's lots of crazy people out and lots of um uh really intense things going on during that full moon but um i think the same thing goes for the human resonance and it also goes to say it's kind of interesting cuz you know how like all of us i don't think there's one person maybe there is maybe it's Eckhart Tolle <laughs> But the majority of us are moving at a really fast rate and we're constantly in our heads. So like our frequencies are probably just chaotic, like our, our natural vibration. And so that's why nature is so um, revive, reviving to us and um, rejuvenating because we're naturally tapping back into the earth frequency. Yeah. Think I can, on that. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. Like, because when I get the chance to go away from my house, I'll often, actually lately, this is only something I recently did in the last, like, six months or so. And it's kind of it's a little bit dangerous because I go out in the woods with no communication. Like, I leave my cell phone behind because that thing's always putting off EMFs. It's always putting off some form of radio frequencies. So I go off into the woods. I've got miles of nothingness mountain behind me. I mean, we own acres up here. And I can go out there and just not see a soul. I'm on ground that probably nobody's ever even stepped on or hasn't in hundreds of years and stuff I've never even seen before that I own. And I'm out there and I cannot tell you the feeling that I get when I go out there in the middle of nothing but trees and nature and just granite and these, these quartz rocks that are all over the place. And then when I come out of there, it's just like, ah, like, like it, I get that there and I get it at the beach. Like I get it when I go on vacation, yeah. when I go to the ocean, like I get that feeling everywhere. And it's, you know, there's nothing like it. So when they say like your environment can actually shift and change everything, think about how bombarded we are all the time with cell phone signals, Wi-Fi signals. Like I actually, part of my job, I have to, I have to go buy an EMF reader and start to kind of like measure the different readings in certain areas in case we're like accumulating too much radio frequencies. It can actually be really detrimental and harming to people, but it can also interfere with other equipment that we might want to install so I have to kind of have that when I go and do my project work and stuff to see, like, can I put this thing here because of the radio frequencies? So if you think of it, if it interferes with other electrical equipment, what does it do to the human body? We're nothing but water and electricity. You know, it's I know it's crazy, like the stuff that we expose ourselves to. So no wonder we feel so good when we get the hell away from this stuff. There's a lot of talk about the cost of eating healthy, but it's far less expensive when considering the price of sickness. That's why I've partnered the podcast from the start with one of the highest quality supplement companies on the planet, Organifi. Our food market in the Western world is more bombarded by carcinogens like glyphosate and preservative ingredients that you can't even pronounce, all of which have a detrimental effect on literally every part of your health. Being a two-time cancer survivor, I want to stay a survivor, which is why I do everything in my power to ensure that I'm living the healthiest life I can so I can be here for many years to come. That's why I turn to Organifi for all of my supplement needs. I start my day by adding the green juice and complete protein powder to my post-workout shake, and I end my day with the gold chocolate to help my mind and body recover from the demanding life that I live. I'm into my 40s and people ask me all the time, what's your secret recipe? And part of that answer is always Organifi. If you're serious about investing in your health, then adding Organifi to your daily healthy living regimen is a must. 
head over to OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I-S-H-O-P.com to check out their amazing line of products. If you find something that you want to dive into, use the promo code LiveThisLife, all one word, and get 15% off of your purchase. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, mental health is something that I take very seriously. That's why I've chosen to partner the podcast with BetterHelp. Their licensed therapist can help you identify what areas of your life you're having difficulty with and help you ride the ups and downs of life. I've personally used BetterHelp, and I have to say, for somebody who's experienced with the process of seeing therapists, BetterHelp's resources are beyond amazing. You can choose from their network of over 30,000 licensed professionals to find one that you vibe with. Want a male, female, specific ethnicity, certain religious background, BetterHelp lets you narrow it down that specifically so you can find the perfect therapist for your care. And you can easily change therapists at any time, which I have no intention of doing because my therapist, Bruce, is the man. I have amazing conversations with him. I leave our sessions not only feeling like I've taken a weight off my shoulders, but I leave the sessions with objectives to accomplish for the next appointment. You can choose video, audio, or chat sessions that all go right through the app, as well as journal entries that you can send right to your therapist so they know ahead of time what you might want to work on. They offer live webinars on a range of subjects, all of which adds to the toolbox for your mental well-being. Jump on the solution that millions are turning to. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash live this life to get started and get 10% off your first month of therapy. That's betterhelp.com forward slash live this life. So I listened to a couple different TikToks that a few people have sent me about the Schumann resonance and how it spiked. And um, have you heard of Dolores Cannon? Yeah. Yeah. She's, okay. she's brilliant. She's, she's, I think long passed away, right? Like she's not, she's not still around. If, she? Yeah. She passed away. I think I could be wrong. I think she passed away in 2009. Okay, I did yeah. not even know who this woman was, which is weird. Cause I'm in the spiritual realm. Right. But her name has come up like several times within a week span. Granted, I've never heard of her. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I get it, universe. I'll look into her. So I bought a couple <laughs> of her books. I've been listening and reading her books. Um, I haven't finished them yet, but it's pretty fascinating. I actually wrote this down because I wanted to like, for people that don't know who she is, um, they call her the pioneer in the field of past life regression. So she basically has spent, I think she spent over 40 to 50 years cataloging um, lost knowledge. Mm -hmm. And when she first started her career, it was um, actually, it was before her career, her husband and her started um, getting into hypnosis to, you know, stop bad um, habits like smoking or eating habits. They were just using it, you know, kind of like for fun to get past those things. But then they, but then um, her husband was in the, in the Navy and there was this woman who had an eating disorder. And so, um, somebody in the Navy was like, Hey, can you guys come down? Can you help her with the hypnosis stuff? And what happened was they ended up, um, she ended up in a past life regression. So she started bringing back memories of a past life and they were like, what is this? Like they heard about it, but they didn't really understand it. And so that kind of piqued her interest. Um, and, and so she just ended up really diving into past life regression, but then she realized that 
you can move into the super conscious state and you can connect with ETs. Like it's not necessarily the conscious mind that's communicating through hypnosis that ETs and other life forms are communicating through us in those regressions Mm. with her specifically, because that's her mission in life is to help, you know, human humans evolve and, and raise the vibration, um, of the planet. But, um, she was totally fascinating as far as like all of the stuff that she would bring I'm very skeptical when it comes. I've said this many times that I'm so skeptical about people who channel material and stuff like that. But some of the stuff that she came up with and some of the stuff that I like that she knew, I'd sit there and I'd listen to it. And I'm, I'm always like not knocking anybody who's into channeling or anything. It's, it's just obviously that's like something that I, I haven't experienced myself. Um, but like I'd listen to it and it would just be like how could anybody make up some of the stuff that she talks about? You know, like there's a lot of people who are in that, that realm of just the stuff that they come up with. And of course, like the book oneness that we're reading, like that whole entire thing is channeled, but then you go back into all the way back into biblical times and you know, the, like the burning bush that was talking to Moses. It's like, what do you think that was? Like that's a disembodied voice. So that's exactly what channeling is. You know, I guess it was okay for them to do it. 8,000 years ago, but it's not okay for us to do it in modern ages because, you know, you're a quack or something. And it's like, absolutely not. Like, how do you, I've, I've had conversations just in the car in low times or, or frustrating times, just like talking to God or just talking to nobody be like, why is this happening? And I've actually got moments of clarity almost as a response. It was yeah. like, you'd like yell it out. And then you're just driving in silence with no music on. And then all of a sudden like clarity comes and it's like, well, what is that? What is that thought? What is that internal voice? And how is that any different than like what Dolores might have been getting from whatever downloads? Like I consider that some form of download, like just like you would get when you're meditating. I've had some brilliance come through in meditation where I come out and I'm like, oh my God, I got to write that down. Where does that come from? How is that any different? So I've stopped being so judgmental when it comes to the channeling type stuff. And I undoubtedly, I think there are people out there who like Oh, yeah. Blow it up a little bit. And, you know, they make careers totally. out of it. You know, they just sell the snake oil type thing. But I think there's some people out there who are legit because there's brilliance that comes through sometimes in some of these people. Yeah. Well, one of the that's that's what I was getting at. Sorry. Um, I got like so stuck because like the super <laughs> conscious state is so interesting that yeah. like she wasn't just tapping into past lives. She was tapping into lives after lives. So meaning uh, life on other planets, but also like the in between of like this book is so interesting. I'm going to send it to you because I feel like you might like it. What's the name of it? Um, well, the, there's a couple different ones, but it's the convoluted, uh, universe. And then there's the three way, I think it's the three waves or something like that. And basically she talks about how, um, there's three waves of different souls coming to earth at this time to raise the vibration. And that's what I actually wanted to get into because I found it really interesting on how, Um, there's these beings called the archaic ones is what she says in her book. And they find new earths potentially, um, to grow life. (laughs) That's the simplest way to put it. Yeah. And so they found earth and they're like, oh, this is perfect. Like now we can, you know, populate the earth. And so once they did, you know, obviously we've been ruining our earth and we haven't been taking care of it. And the earth is really sad and upset. And so, um, the ETs have been observing because they've given us free will, but in a sense, they were like, they can't interfere. That's the thing that she says in her book, but they're like, they're totally g- like they, they have like a non-interference thing. And that's, that even came from like the Israeli security chief who like left the military and then started talking about like the, the, 
intergalactic alliance. I don't want to derail your thought, but like that whole non-interference thing is huge, but keep, keep going. Well, yeah, no, it is huge because we have, people need to know that like we have free will, but here's the problem. And they're observing us and they're like, oh my gosh, they're destroying our, their planet. And that's really sad for us, of course, is because our rate, like the human race is incredible if you really think about it. But if we were to destroy our earth, it's going to reverberate through the galaxies, through the universe, and it's going to affect millions of other species. And so that's really bad. Yeah. So basically these three waves of souls that are coming in, which you and I, probably majority of people listening to this, they are also part of the wave. Um, we are here to come and save the earth, raise the frequency, raise your vibration um, so we can go into a new dimension. Mm -hmm. I think that's what she says. Um, the 5D. And we can't do that without these people, with these volunteers as she would say, these volunteers to come here and help raise the planet's vibration. And so I find it fascinating that during this time, uh, the Schumann resonance um, spiked because there's a lot of people on TikTok saying that now, now is the time that we are entering a new, we are entering ascension, like we're entering into the new dimension, which will take a long time because you can't just like snap into it like that. I don't think the human body would be able to survive it, but fascinating. Yeah. And that, that also, that all ties into everything that we're talking about between the Schumann resonance and then, you know, I'll dive into cymatics a little bit because I actually have Ben Carroll coming back on the show. I think he's on tomorrow. I don't know when it will air, but um, we'll undoubtedly talk about this because that's what he does. He is a sound healer and he is just a sound expert and uh, a brilliant, brilliant guy. And we talk about cymatics all the time in some of the circles that we're in because it's just, it's like one of the best physical representations of what happens involving frequency and physical matter like frequency really is it's physical but it's not you know it like reacts with physical matter but it it's not but all physical matter is frequency at its smallest levels and stuff um but like the one of the best representations and actually i actually have this one and when i share it this time you guys will actually be able to see it because a couple of things and i <laughs> i put on there didn't get captured but we will find a way to get them on the on the screen during our audio portions um, when things shift in frequency, it goes through a chaotic time period, right? Like it, it goes through a, um, almost like collisions and things move from one state to another when they're shifting into a higher octave. And that's kind of like what the human species is doing right now. So it was, it's kind of interesting to hear you talking about how, you know, we can't just snap into something. We can't just move into a certain state like right away because like the human body just honestly can't take it. Like it's, it's definitely, um, it's something that is progressive, you know, I guess I'd say, and this video won't pop up for me, but basically like cymatics is where something is moving from one state to another. And one of the best representations that you could probably look up is what happens when they, they've got like a metal sheet and that, that's pretty, pretty much the video that I have is that all the sand is on a metal sheet and they have frequencies going and it turns into like a pattern. And as they crank up the frequency, the pattern changes and it uh. bursts into a, you know, a mess and then it snaps into a more complex shape. And the higher they keep on going in the frequency, every time they move from one octave to the next, it goes in chaos and then it moves into a more ornate pattern. And that's sort of yeah. like what our evolution represents. And when you see these patterns, that's why I wish this video would load, but it won't. 
um, when you see these patterns and then you see, well, actually I'll overlay them on the screen right now since I can't actually get them to load into a screen share, but when you see the cymatic patterns and then you see the Schumann resonance and what it did back in June of 2023, and you look at the two of them, you're like, oh my God, there's no way those things are not related. Like they want to call it a malfunction of the equipment or something like that. But I call BS on that whole thing because there were other things that happened that weren't just uh, isolated to that one measuring station. So it's like, was that something that was significant in the Earth's frequency that was snapping into place that was starting to get us more organized out of a sense of chaos? And like, are we starting to actually level up on all these different things that you're talking about, whether it's, you know, our own collective consciousness and, you know, what might be happening to us. And that also now dives into look at what is happening with the elites. Look what's happening with Hollywood and everything They're They're trying to get us to not look at certain things that are educating us on some of the dirty dastardly deeds they've been doing. But they're also trying to get us into the senses of division constantly to go at each other's throats, right? Like what is the best way to keep that organized pattern from snapping into place on a higher frequency than keeping everything in chaos? And that's what they do. They, they keep us in a constant state of chaos by pulling the strings. But people are, some of the people that I never thought would actually get it are starting to be like, this whole Titan submarine thing was a distraction for what like oh, when yeah. something big happens and that's all they're focusing on everybody's like yeah, okay what else what else is going on like they're looking around everywhere because yeah. they're like we're all the jig is up like we completely get that you're trying to do something to take our attention away from what and that which right i there, love i know it's amazing to see people awesome. do that like do you experience people in your life that are are in that mode that you had never experienced before. They're like, eh, this is a distraction. What else is going on? Like, are you seeing that too? Oh, so much all the time. Yeah. I get, I have people. So I go to this CrossFit gym, so it's a huge community and I have people that are kind of getting to know me more and like the things that I'm into. So they'll send me like different videos and things. And so they're really interested now into the media and how it's distracting us. And they're like, what's actually going on? And they're questioning. I love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Incredible. I personally think that the, um, the whole Titan thing that happened, uh, the Joe Rogan episode with Robert F. Kennedy and he, Robert F. Kennedy as crazy as I used to think he was. I started to cross reference some of the stuff that he talked about. And I'm like, oh, my God, like the studies the guy talks about and some of the stuff that I thought he was a quack on. Dude's legit. Like a lot of the stuff that was he talked about on that episode were legit. And they were literally side by side when the Titan thing happened. Joe Rogan's thing hit. And whenever a Joe Rogan episode pops up. Little clips are all over the place between Instagram and TikTok and everything yeah. else. And it was like there was nothing but the Titan stuff. There was nothing but that submarine and the search for it. And the, the worst thing about that situation was they knew it actually imploded on a Sunday. And they didn't admit it until like yeah. Thursday. Like they had everything measured. So it was just kind of like the Navy knew, but the media just kept it going. So it was like them ringing the bell like, hey, no, no, no. Look over here. Keep looking. Keep looking. Keep looking. And then yeah. once a new cycle changed it, and there was a whole bunch of other stuff that happened too, but it's, it's just a perfect example of between that and the horror movies and, you know, this conspiracy about uh, uh, elections and viruses and everything else. Like it's just, a, uh, people think that they're educating themselves by staying in the know, but they're also still rooting themselves in stuff that's really deep and dark. That's why I don't think I'll ever go see, like we were talking about the sound of freedom movie, which it's a huge yeah. issue. And I think it's a great thing that people are aware of it and they're starting to really act out and 
and jump on that bandwagon of all the bad stuff that's going on in the world. I still couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it just because I don't watch horror movies. I don't watch war movies. I can't even play like war video games anymore. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's my own personal choices, but I think all those things tend to lower us and I don't, I almost don't feel good when we're there. So that ties into everything that we're talking about. Like you have to consider where your, your mind operates when you're in those states looking at that stuff. What, what do you think about, you know, like for me as well, I know we were talking about this, but when I watch, you know, messed up documentaries like Jeffrey Epstein or even like the army hammer one, it really like, it really messes me up for a full week, probably a week and a half where I just, I don't operate. I'm sad. I'm not feeling good. My body doesn't feel good. And so there's those people. And so if somebody like me, I don't, I don't look at the news because it brings me down, but then there's those people that say, well, then you don't know what's going on in the world and you're ignorant. What do you think about that? I think when it comes to the media, if you watch it, you're misinformed. If you don't, you're uninformed. Like that was something Denzel Washington said at a red carpet interview one time. And wow. I completely agree. I think if you're going to, if you are going to watch something on the media, I made the mistake of turning it on while I was on vacation. Like I turned the TV on down there and I, I barely turned the TV on while I'm at home. So down there, it's like standard cable here. At least we have like, you know, all the thousands of whatever channels. So I, sure. I can find what I'm looking for. I turn the TV on while I'm on vacation. It's like the news, the news, the news. So something pops up and it gets my attention. I will immediately like shut it off as soon as I realize it. Or my wife will watch and she'll be like, she'll walk in, she'll, you're watching the news. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, God, <laughs> like turn it off. <laughs> but if something does pique my interest and I keep thinking about it, I will then cross-reference it through several other sources to see what, if it's CNN, I'll go and see what Fox is. And I think they're both garbage, but then I'll go to other independent news sources and I'll try and cross-reference the information because there are so many stories that have come out that have been so biased towards one thing. And then down the road, we've literally found that these conspiracy theorists who said that the news story was a different way turned out to be right. And it's been so many times lately. So I have gotten to this state now where I am like completely disbelieving of freaking everything. Now. I don't believe Same. a damn thing. Like I'll believe Nothing. the weatherman when it actually rains because they're wrong all the time too. They're always wrong. I know that. Yeah, that's part of the reason I don't watch the news either because like I don't know it's real. I don't know the truth. And that's why the same thing goes with politics too. Yeah. Like I know that's like something you don't bring up, you don't talk about, but like I really struggle with knowing my stance or which way I want to lean or who I want to trust because I don't actually know what's going on. Yeah. Like who's pulling the strings? Like <laughs> we know nothing. We, we know don't. nothing. You know what? So here's, here's what the evil trap that happens sometimes too, because like the conspiracy theorists, they, they can get a little wacky for sure. Like I totally indulge in conspiracy theories. Like JFK it's was the, the very first one. Cause JFK was from Cape Cod where I go on vacation. Like literally the next town over is it's right near the compound that RFK is living at right now in Hyannisport. So we drive by their house. Like we usually were on vacation. We're like, let's go drive by the Kennedys and we'll go by there. And we've like seen mm -hmm. parties going on. Um, it's so the JFK history is kind of near and dear to me just locally because it's just kind of like a, the Kennedy legacy Camelot legacy that they have here. And that conspiracy about what happened to him from the time I was a young kid, it's kind of just local lore. Right. So I dove into that from a young kid and I just saw like how much over time official story didn't match what actually happened. And there were all these unanswered questions. I think it was like the first conspiracy theory I ever dove into. And then eventually that's led into me being mistrustful about all official stories. And that's just gotten worse and worse over the last three or four years with all sorts of narratives that were painted a certain way. And so many people were cheering behind them. 
and then it turned out to be something else. So it's led me to be very distrusting about every news story out there. But what sucks is, is that when something's actually true, then what, you know, it's, it's so funny because all these years, if you talked about aliens, you were nuts. Like aliens aren't real, whatever. Oh and there's so many mainstream people now that are like, holy crap, aliens are real. And the rest of us are sitting here, the rest of us are sitting here just going, I call bullshit. Like <laughs> if they were real, they wouldn't be telling us about the stuff they're telling us about right now. Like there was a crash the other day that was caught on camera and four helicopters flew over. It, I think it was out like your way in Arizona or, or Nevada. There's a lot of weird stuff going on out there. So don't, oh, yeah. don't go out Always. at night, man. You're going to get taken. <laughs> if you get picked up, come get me. <laughs> I will. I'll come get you, man. Go, go get my guy from Massachusetts. He wants to off this rock. But yeah, they, they, <laughs> it, like they have all these news stories about these things they've shot down and everything else. But then they don't talk about that one that was like caught on camera and it was a huge deal and a bunch of helicopters came in. It was like, well, what the hell was that then? How come no one's talking about this thing that fell right out of the sky on a camera? And so it's like if they're not talking about it, why not? You know, so anytime they do talk about something, I'm like, I call BS. Like, I just don't think it's true. And that it just sucks because it leads you to almost not believe anything. But in the sense, I've I've took a healthy detachment from all of that and just said, don't believe or not believe anything. Keep it all as a possible what if. We've talked about that whole magical what if a lot on the show. So if all these things could happen, you know, there's blasts that are coming from the sun that are creating some funky um, frequency bouncing between the earth and the, the ionosphere that could be affecting our consciousness. Is that all part of nature? Is like the sun helping level up the human species? Is it all part of our organism? Like is our solar system almost just like a big version of like what happens with uh, the atom and the nucleus, like the nucleus is the sun and we're the little electrons on planet earth. Like, I, I don't know, but it's, it's cool because the micro and the macro line up everywhere through nature. So it's like, you have to keep every, all your mind open toward everything. I just feel like this conversation, I mean, it wasn't happening 20 years ago. No, uh, maybe it was happening, but not like on the level it is now. And I feel like, when I kind of woke up, if you want to call it, um, you know, a spiritual awakening or whatever, I attract those people left and right now coming into my atmosphere and be like, oh my gosh, after 2020, like my bo like I just, something happened. Like all this stuff is making sense now. I feel it. Like I know this to be true. Like I believe in the universe. Like I have these signs and these synchronicities. And so when we're talking about raising, you know, the collective consciousness or raising the vibration, I just makes sense. It just clicks because how come there are so many of us waking up and all believing and feeling the same thing. Yeah. Right. It's true. Like, why is that happening? You know, there's, there's definitely connections to all of us individual. I mean, I'm sure you felt the connections with people. I mean, you've got a lot of great stories about different people that you've encountered. Like I'm sure you've been in a room before where a really negative or positive person has walked in and you could, it's like palatable. Like you can feel it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. This like is on the topic, but a little off topic. Um, the more and more I've, I've talked about this on the previous podcast, but the more and more that I let emotion in, even the painful stuff, I've always been able to feel things from others, but like not necessarily feel it like a sensation in my body. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, whoa, now that I'm allowing like everything to flow freely and I'm paying attention to my body, and I talk about this, it's like our body gives us these notifications, but it is like a sensation. I'm sure you know, like if you feel sadness, what does it feel like in your body? It feels like, a, like for me, it, it starts from my throat and it goes down to my chest. Like it's a sensation. 
right? Yeah. Um, if you feel anger, like where do you feel that? Like for me, I'm getting used to anger, so I'm feeling it more in my throat. Or like um, if if I'm in a room with people that are, you know, uh, have different ideas streaming through them and they're talking about, you know, their next steps, my, the back of my head starts buzzing. So I just find it interesting that like my body is linking up. And I think it's because I'm connecting so much my, with my body that it's raising my vibration enough to meet up with, uh, those frequencies that are hitting my body from other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause I mean, there's, there's conversations that you and I have had where I've told you something and you're like, I feel like in my gut that that is something that's totally in alignment with with you right now. Like I'll tell you something that's going on and you'll be like, eh, I don't know, that doesn't, that, I don't know, for some reason, I just, I'm not feeling that one. And I mean, we're how many thousands of miles apart? So I mean, if you're, yeah. if you're feeling that palatable thing when you're in the presence of a person, that's that's a huge deal. But that is also just part of like, a non-physical connection that you're having with people you're you're close by and i definitely i've, I've known it from the time i first met you that you were very intuitive like you definitely got a, a, oh, yeah. a huge amount of intuition and it's that's like we're two people that are on opposite ends of the spectrum on that i feel like i'm trying to build it up but i've just never historically had a great intuition and you're on the opposite end of that so it's like i'm able to learn kind of like some of these things that you're talking about i pay more attention to when I'm in the presence of somebody that I either don't like or have had bad interactions with, or just even somebody who I don't know that comes in and you get that like, boom, like that heavy feeling yeah. when they walk through the door you and you're know. like, whoa, something's up with this person. I mean, I've been told that when I come into a room, I have that and it's not even like negative or positive that there's just like, Jesus, there's this gravitational force when you walk into a room. And it's weird because if I walk into restaurants and go to different places, or even when I when I walk in room at meetings, I see all these eyes like look at me. So it's almost like an unconscious reaction of people I don't even know. You that, have big energy. Yeah, like I, I've yeah. gotten that from a lot of different people. And I'll get that like, I recognize you from somewhere or, or something like that. And my, my wife sees it all the time. She's been dealing with it for like 20 something years now. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's weird and that's, I've never really had that with other people, but I'm starting to develop a little bit more. So for somebody like you, who's really sensitive to it already, and you feel like you're even dialing up, like you're you're cranking up your antenna's ability to pick up that even more. I can't imagine what that's like. Like, does it get oh, over, does it get overwhelming, or is it like you're you're able to almost like deal with it as it's coming in? I deal with it as it's coming in, but I I have to still pay attention to when it's affecting me. Like for today, for ex uh, today, for example, I was near somebody um, who was talking and all of a sudden I felt a wave of sadness. And so I went and followed them. I was like, hey, are you okay? Like, I just feel so much sadness from you. And they were like, oh yeah, I'm just having a hard day and a hard, like, I just feel like a lot of responsibilities are weighing on me. And I was like, whoa, like that was intense. Like, that's a lot that you're taking in. I'm so sorry. You know, so it, it provides me a lot of empathy yeah. and I can, since I feel it, like if you were like, so if you were looking at this person straight face, if you were not empathetic or weren't able to feel the emotions of others, you'd think that they were completely okay. So the fact that I could feel their sadness and it weighed into my chest, it, it was just, that is really, really cool. Um, but it's when I'm not able to remove their emotions from my body that I go home and leave feeling very chaotic and anxious. And, but I know that because my mind starts going out of control. 
I feel very peaceful because I can tap into presence. That's actually, that's a really good thing for everybody, by the way. If you leave a social setting, you came into it peaceful and you leave and you feel like you're in your head and you're just like berating yourself or thinking of things that are just like, doesn't matter. Um, If you're feeling chaotic, like that's, that's a um, good indicator that you've taken on something else from somebody, Mm. taken something from somebody else. Yeah. (laughs) Like something imprinted from the onto them. How do you get rid of it though? So how do you how do you unimprint it from you? Like how do you shake it off? Yeah, I feel like there's different ways. I can only like tell you what mine. Well, I guess I could tell you what other people do. Um, I'm sure I don't know if it's uh, popular over there in Massachusetts, but um, it's getting pretty <laughs> Massachusetts because we have that accent. <laughs> um, I love but the accents here... you give to people randomly. <laughs> Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Um, a lot of people are doing breath work nowadays because it, that releases a lot of motion from your body yeah. and a lot of um, energy. A lot of people are cold plunging, which I've been doing. It's been really fun. Um, but for me, I think like today, for example, when I felt chaotic, I came home and I was in my head and I was thinking like I was thinking back on the past and having like fake fights in my head with people. I'm like, who, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you ever get in the shower and you have a fake fight with somebody and like, you're just on it. So not so much like something from the past, but like almost like envisioning what's going to happen when you know a meeting is yeah, yeah. coming up sometime soon. But I, yeah, I try not to, the past. I try and cut that off because that, <laughs> that like thinking into the future too much, things never actually work out the way that it does in your head. So like you go and have those fights and it's never, never. Even, no, but I, I mean, on the flip side, what I often do is instead of envisioning a fight, I'll envision like what they'll try to do to entangle me into a fight and how I'm going to sidestep it. Almost like first, like the knee jerk, yep. the knee jerk reaction, asshole version <laughs> of me will engage in that fight. And then I'll be like, Oh no, hang on back up. And I'll replay that part where they say yes. the same thing and be like, to sidestep that confrontation, here's what you need to say instead. Instead of turning around and being like, you know what, dude, let me tell you something. You have to, you have to kind of like bring it in a different way. So, but no, and I've I've had those, and it like okay, it will build a visceral reaction in you in that moment. You're not even there. Same. That's I what, know. That's what anxiety comes from. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, those are usually like the times where I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to get out of my head. So I will practice presence. Um. Oddly enough, I will get on YouTube. I'll put my earpods in or AirPods. I call them earpods. Um, and I'll listen to different sound frequencies. Yeah. Um, just to level out my body. But I think I don't know this for sure, but what I feel, so maybe it is a knowing for me, is the awareness of it is what alleviates it. I think that's all it is. And that's why I, I'm not, I'm not putting breath work or cold plunging and all those things down. I think the body work is amazing, Mm -hmm. but in a sense, it's like, you're still going to continue these behaviors if you're not aware of it. And so all you're doing is like, you're shutting everything down consciously throughout the day. And then you go and do breath work and, and, and cold plunging and you're, you're, you know, releasing the emotions and the energy and all that from your body. But like, we should be aware during the day of what's happening to us yeah, and paying attention to our body and being able to release it without the body work part of it too. I think they coexist for sure. They do. Cause like everything you're talking about, cause when you get in those States, those like really uncomfortable States, especially people who battle with anxiety, I had a lot of different uh, difficult fights with anxiety and PTSD and stuff like that. Like maybe about five years ago. And mm. 
I this when I really first started to dive into all this kind of spiritual stuff. I was kind of like already dipping my toes in, but I like had to literally cold plunge like into this whole thing head first because I'm like something's wrong with me and I know there's a way out of this other than taking meds because I had really bad reactions and I and I've seen that happen so many times over the years in public safety. Like what happened to this person? Like I don't know, they started a new medication and they're having an issue like that's happened in a lot of different situations. So I didn't want to put myself there. So I'm like, what's the alternative? What else can I do to get myself out of this crazy state that I feel like I'm sure. losing my mind? And it was like, you need to do exactly that. Change your state. What's more drastic than dropping yeah. yourself in ice water, you know, or <laughs> like people think that breath fucking cold. It's awful. Like <laughs> it's so cold. I've seen you post some of these videos of doing ice. I've done one. I've done it one time and I was just kind of like, okay, great. Like I'm in here. I can take the pain. Uh, you know, I don't need to be one of those people who can only do it 30 seconds in their first time. Like stayed in there for like a good few minutes. And it was like, oh yeah. my God, that was your first time. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like an, a furnace. Like I'm always burning up. So it was kind of nice. Like perfect. it would be great perfect. on a day like today. It's like 90 degrees out here, which is, you know, I know it's nothing compared to where you're at, but anyways, the, um, the, the point is like changing your state in such a drastic way like i'll even go into the boxing gym and i will like boxing is a very crazy intensive workout just even if you're not battling somebody if you're up against somebody forget it your mind's on nothing else but where is the the threat coming from and how am i going to get away from it and how am i going to deliver the threat back to this person like your mind has no time to think about yeah. anything else and it's the same thing when you're in that cold plunge anxiety of what what's going to happen in that argument tomorrow or what the hell went wrong yesterday it's not even there you're thinking about the cold so that's one of the best ways to get yourself out of those those mental states where somebody may feel like the only way out is medication i'm not knocking meds like you may need certain things in combination with meds but for me it just wasn't an option and changing my state in drastic ways was the way that i got through some of my darkest days and even now if you had a 10 scale of how I felt in like 2017 was the 10, my worst days are like a two or a three now, but because I'm usually at like a zero for stress levels and I'll be on a three for a certain day, I'll be like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? And I'll go and beat myself up <laughs> like I did on those days where I was really stressed out. And it's what brings me back down to a calm level. So it's, it's interesting to hear that, you know, that's how a lot of people are starting to try to approach it. I mean, breath work is a, an amazing way to do it. I went through a breath work session one time. The only way I can compare is I've never done, um, like I've never like taken anything like psychoactive as far as like, I've never tripped. Um, uh, what do you mean? What do you call this kind of just uh, like halluc hallucinogenic? Yeah. Hallucinogenics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I've never done yeah, anything yeah. like those, but in this breath work session, like I was seeing like crazy geometric patterns, kind of like what we saw in the Schumann resonance stuff, but it was like in black and white while I was doing a breathwork session. And it like, I, I can't explain it. My whole body was vibrating. My hands were nice. numb. Like it was one of the craziest experiences that I ever did. Plus I'm in a room while Ben Carroll's doing a sound bowl, crystal sound bowl healing thing while a breathwork um, practitioner is doing that on us. And it, I mean, you want to talk about your mind can't think of anything else, but what the hell's going on in that moment where you're at. If you guys can do a heliotropic breath session with a professional, oh my God, like do it. it is, it, is yeah. it, you're either going to have a really good experience or a really messed up one because Sylvia lasted about 15, 20 minutes and I heard her like get up with a facilitator and leave the room like it was too much for her. Like she started to like actually like really have a body reaction. It wow. Me, I got done and I started belly laughing. I'm like, holy crap what is going like i just started breaking down into like a belly laugh because i had no idea what the hell just happened to me i'm like 
I came to come meditate and I'm tripping my ass off. Like, what just happened? That's interesting. That's never happened to me. But like, I typically leave those, like the breath work when I've done it. Um, I leave like full of love. Like, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Like, the best feeling in the world is, and I feel like your vibration has to be. I don't feel like this all the time, by the way. I love people genuinely, but I don't feel this feeling that I'm about to talk about. I think that your vibration has to be so high in order to feel this. And I think I would assume that we've all felt it at one point in our lives. Maybe if you having a child, that feeling where you're like so immersed in love that you feel so connected to the earth, to the people around you, strangers, it's like, it's an unbelievable encompassing feeling of love. Like, I don't even know how to, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't even know how to explain that. Like you have to just experience it. Yeah. So, and the thing is like, I can tie that into more of the stuff that we're talking about here. And let me, let me dive back into my little, uh, my little bag of tricks here where I've got a bunch of different graphics and stuff stored because like, are you familiar with the Hawkins scale of consciousness? Have you heard about that? I have heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, So there's, there's different levels of consciousness that people can reside in. So they can get into, um, you know, fear states and suffering and grief and anxiety and, and go all the way up through, um, courage, neutrality, you know, acceptance, love, joy, peace, like from a lower end of the scale where I've heard it divided. Let me see if I can do a screen share again on this one. Cause this one's a really cool graphic. Can you see that? Okay. Yes. Okay. So this is, this is the Hawkins scale. This is one of them. And they're, they're basically by numerical ratings, you know, like way down at the bottom, you got shame. It starts at shame, guilt, uh, apathy, grief, fear, desire, anger, and pride, courage, gets into neutrality, willingness, acceptance, and it goes all the way up. And these, they have numbers associated with it. And it goes all the way up to like, you know, shame starts at level 20, all the way up to love at level 500, joys 540, peace is 600, enlightenment's at 700. So they, they've got it divided here of love and fear. you got the polarities of love and fear on that scale. I've also heard it described as force and power as well. You have the force, which would be those forceful feelings of fear, those forceful feelings of anger. Like that's a force feeling. But you really feel like you're in your power once you hit the upper part of the scale and it just gets more and more intense. So like what you're talking about where you're like, I'm just feeling like the most intense connection of something. I'm feeling the most intense feeling of something. You're getting way up on that scale. Like where you're, are you, you love joy? Like you're way up in those actual vibratory fields. And I, I don't know a whole lot about how he developed the scale and how it relates to different people, but I know there's been scientific experiments that can measure brainwave hurts patterns with mm-hmm. where they fall on the scale at the same time. So that really does tie back into the Schumann resonance, the collective consciousness, like how many people are on this lower end of the scale down below 175 and how many people are actually moving up above. But I, I've also heard talks on this scale where, and I'm totally going to butcher these numbers. So look this up yourself, but where people talk about how if you're on this scale, like one person at a level 600 counteracts a hundred thousand people that are at a level 100. And wow. that's, that's what's raising the frequency and in vibration of everybody involved in conscious work and in, in, in the collective of everybody. 
Um, in one of the earlier episodes that I did a long, long time ago, it's on the 100th Monkey Experiment. I'll link that one in the show notes as well. Let me make a note on here because I always say I'm going to link things and I forget when I'm producing the episode. Come on, Heath. But the 100th <laughs> Monkey, are you familiar with what the 100th Monkey Experiment is? What, like critical mass? Have you ever heard of that thing? No, tell me. So there's there was an island of monkeys off the coast of Japan that they were doing a study on the specific species of monkeys. And they were actually on several different islands. And the islands were just really rough, middle of the ocean, could not be traversed between the islands. There's no way a, a part of the, they were all the same species. Yeah, I don't want to call them baboons because it wasn't baboons, but similar to baboons, they could not go from one island to the other. So there's this supremely isolated on one island. So these scientists are there and they're studying these things and they give them sweet potatoes, but they throw them in the sand. So the monkeys absolutely love the sweet potatoes, but they would eat it and they'd like spit out some of the sand and didn't, they didn't like it at all. So eventually they showed the monkeys that they could dip the sweet potatoes in the salt water of the ocean, wash off the sand and eat it. And it actually added a saltiness to it. And they really loved the combination of the saltiness with the sweet potatoes. So, you know, they showed one monkey, one monkey did it and another one saw him doing it. So they went over and did the same thing. Eventually it spread to the entire colony over a series of weeks. So then, you know, they're there studying these monkeys. There's another group on another island or on the mainland of the same species that they're studying as well. Right around the same time that most of the island now knows this secret, the monkeys are all doing it when they get the sweet potatoes thrown in the sand. They'll run over, pick it up, dunk it in the water, start chowing down on it. The ones on the mainland started doing the same thing. No one showed them how to do it. Like the species in and of itself had a hive mind and it was able to basically non-physically communicate these thought patterns, this knowledge. So like when you think of like how flocks of birds move in these like one big organism and they go through the sky or the same thing with fish in the ocean they'll millions of fish in these schools and they'll all move in this this like unison like they all know they're going in a certain place that is sort of like where the collective consciousness goes so if you were ruling elites or whoever who was trying to keep the human organism down from getting to these higher levels of what you're talking about and what that leads to as a human society because if one person at that one level can counteract a hundred thousand people at these lower levels what does that mean when we hit critical mass on those higher levels and i think that's why we're seeing all this crazy crap start to happen at this time in in history right now is that we're all waking up you're talking you just mentioned a few minutes ago how you're noticing people who are not buying the media's false narratives and things that are popping up and they're like ah we're being distracted so when you're talking about what you're talking about, people are starting to follow you and follow this podcast along a little bit more. They're becoming more savvy to it. Their vibration, their base level is no longer lower like it used to be. Their, their, their lowest level is never going below a 250, maybe a 300. That's their lowest level because they're not watching the scary movies. They're not buying into the fear porn of the media they're getting away from all of that. So their base level is naturally higher. It's maybe likely higher than their highest highs used to be 10 or 15 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So now people are getting to these higher and higher states and they're elevating everybody else with them. And eventually yes. that's going to lead to all the monkeys dipping their, all the monkeys of human society, dipping their sweet potatoes in the salt water. Like it's going to eventually spread. And I think that is exactly what's happening with everything that we're seeing today with how conscious awakening is just spreading to the collective. 
You know, it's really interesting. And I'm hesitant to say this because it sounds like, oh, like Alexis, like her energy so good. I don't mean it like that <laughs> at all. Because truthfully, like I'm not technically aware of the impact that I have I, as same for you, same for everybody. Like we don't understand our impact is immeasurable. We can't even we walk into a store and we could be like on the highest vibration and infect everybody in the room and they can leave feeling different, but they don't know where it came from. You yeah. know, same with like, you know. So, but I've been told this a couple of times now to know that, okay, when I am in a higher vibration, I do understand the impacts because I've been paying attention to it more. Um, the first CrossFit gym I ever went to, um, I remember having people comment on um, things on social media and also come up to me and like talk to other people about it and be like, you know, the the moment Alexis started coming here, this gym, like it just feels different. Like people are acting differently. Uh, it feels better. It's just, we can't place our finger on it, but it just feels different. Mm. That's the first time I ever heard that. And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. Like, I don't know. I'm not doing anything. I'm just laughing and being myself, you know, whatever. Go to this new gym. I had a girl, I was in a conversation with her and she's like, I don't know what it is, but ever since you came to this gym, people are acting differently. People are more uplifted. The staff is different people, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, hmm. So it just goes to show that if you are in a high vibration, which I would say that I, most of the time I am in because I'm aware of it, our impact is measurable. Yeah. <laughs> and think about how you, even on a day where you're not feeling so good, but you go to that place and you know that you have that kind of influence on the people around you already. How does that affect your baseline that day like say you were down in like a lower level and you go to that place and you know like oh, i gotta turn it on a little bit because i'm i'm an influential if i'm down here that's where the other people are going to be like they're not going to see this version of me they're used to seeing they're going to see a lower level and that's maybe that's not going to elevate them that's going to bring them down even more and because, oh, yeah. because of that you end up elevating yourself out of whatever low you might have been in like i've i've been very conscious of that because I, I have some pretty deep lows even still in you know like you even said, like, I hate to think of myself like way up here. And I think of myself as, as pretty highly awakened and, and aware of so many different things in this world. I got a massive amount of info up here, but I'll f just forget what my outward projections are sometimes. And the old you versions, have a responsibility. Yeah. And the older versions of me will still kind of come out. And I have to realize, like, my my impact is the same kind of thing, but I will often enter into a place without elevating people i will come in and, and just and not in a good place and it drags Nihilate. everybody down yeah <laughs> but you have you have to be very consciously aware of that but it we're all just you gotta walk you know you gotta crawl before you can walk walk before you can run as long as you're aware at some level like where am i what am i doing what am i projecting and how am i affecting the people around you if you're doing that more and more, that's all you can really ask for. If you're trying to influence the collective in a positive way, you have to start somewhere and you've got to be able to influence those people in a way that is part of your own evolution that's going to happen in its own natural way. Just like you would when you're going to the gym, every time you go, you improve more. So every time you realize like, oh, I'm in one of those shit moods and I'm affecting people. Every time you do that, you're doing, you're raising your base level more and more and more as long as you're consciously aware of it. And that thing right there is what I see some people doing that I had previously written off. I get a few people in my life that I'm like, if you repeat life, if because you don't lose, you don't learn certain lessons, you got to come back in the next life and do it all over again. Those people that are going to repeat their lesson because they are not getting it. 
And as time has gone on, especially in the last two years, I'm starting to see some of those people that I had written off. They're starting to do things. I'm like, damn, even those people, I'm like, they're, they are, can't teach an old dog new tricks. They're doing it. Like they've even surprised me. People that I would have never in a million years would have thought could grow in that kind of a way. And they're, they're listening to this kind of material going for Reiki, like crazy shit. You'd never expect them to self-development books. Seriously. <laughs> like buying books like oneness and stuff like, Oh, Hey, I bought that book that you're reading on your podcast. Like are you shit me. <laughs> you bought that book. Like that's nuts. Can I tell you something so interesting that I read in the book with Dolores Cannon, something that she, um, she wrote in there, it came from like a hypnosis session or whatever, but I found it really interesting because like a lot of the time, I think there's a lot of us, um, that feel we have a huge mission and we have a huge purpose in life. And we're like, I don't know what that is. Like, what is it? And I think that if you do feel like you have a lot of purpose in life, it is technically to raise the consciousness of the earth whatever lane you go down, who knows what that is, but the information is constantly streaming through, right? We're a collective consciousness. We're all receiving the same information. So whoever picks it up, that's up to you. I think that the divine, the universe, the ETs, whoever, whatever, here comes, (laughs) they're coming down. (laughs) They're they're coming down to Alexis right now. I know. Gosh. Um, whoever is, you know, observing the world and, and sending information down, they don't care who receives it. You have to be open. Your antenna needs to be open enough to be able to receive the information. So I think of like somebody like Elon Musk, who is receiving all of these ideas and he's very innovative and he, he's absolutely here to change the earth. But if he wasn't paying attention, there's other smart people out there just like him, that if they were open and willing, they might've received that information and they might've started Tesla or they might've, you know, started SpaceX. So I just found that really interesting that it doesn't matter. You're not special. Nobody is special. We're all unique in our own way. But like we can get in our heads and think that like our mission is like to save the world and we're different and we're special and, you know, whatever. And I just think that it just goes to show like, hey, let's all come back to the fact that we are one. We are all one collective consciousness and our mission together is to raise the vibration. And it doesn't matter the channel in which it comes through as long as it gets the job done. Preach it. Preach it, sister. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. No, but... um... What you've described, though, that, you know, people's people's ideas like say, say Elon Musk, you know, say he never came along or say he chose to just do something completely different with his life. Right. You know, he had all his parents money he decided just to go live life and get hammered on a yacht somewhere all the time. And sure. instead of trying to create these projects that are actually benefiting humanity, despite your feelings on Elon Musk and Twitter and whatever else, because he's gotten a little politicized in a few years and. People on left and right start, you know, like look at what he's actually done, like put tunnels under yes, LA and thank you. create that. You know, look at the actual things he's accomplished. Um, let's say he never did that. There's been experiments and situations and ideas and inventions that have gone out there. People have filed patents and multiple patents of the same exact idea have come out at the same time with people yes. who never even interacted with each other. That's another example of the hundredth monkey thing. Like, the vibration of that thought or idea or whatever it is is out there in the consciousness. And if you get that idea, I don't know how many times I've had an idea for an invention on a, like a night or just whatever. I'm just like sitting in the sitting at the ocean watching the fire by the beach and it'd be like, how cool would it be if somebody just invented one of these things? And they're like, dude, do it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. 
And then a few years later, like, yep. holy crap, I was talking about that when I was on vacation one time. And there's your million dollar idea. I just saw a stupid one the other day about how uh, a light socket in a ceiling, they made a fan that can screw into a light socket and it has a remote control. So you can literally have a high speed fan in a simple light socket that screws into your ceiling. And the thing, can, it's it's pretty crazy. And people are making millions of dollars off it. And just like that ring or, camera, like the ring or camera. Even Oh yeah, the ring camera. That's incredible. Yeah. But even like coming up with an idea and like you're like feeling a specific your way and you're like, oh, I should go post this on social media. Like this would be like very inspirational. And you're like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. And yeah. then like a week later, somebody else posts about it. You're like, that was my idea. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't. But you know who Rod you ever hear Roger Bannister? Is that name ring a bell? No. So Roger Bannister was the guy who broke the four minute mile. Like everybody had been trying to break the four minute mile. I want to say this back in like the 1950s, right? Everybody was trying to get under four minutes to run the mile. And this wow. guy finally did it. Like after all these years, he finally broke the record. So many people were trying, nobody could get there. He did it. And I want to say within the first year after he did it, three more people did it. No one could do it up until this dude did it. And then once he did, Three more people immediately broke his record. He was the first, but other people came right behind him. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the idea got imprinted in people's brains like this is possible. So a bunch of other people were able to do it because they knew it was actually humanly possible. Like people were saying it's not physically possible for a human being to run that fast. This guy did it. And then once he did, everybody followed suit. It was just an example of like once the ideas out there in the collective, those words going to go, but like the inventions, yeah. like all that kind of stuff, like it can spread like wildfire. So Whatever's going on with the earth, what's ever going on with the human collective consciousness, like as long as we're moving in an upward direction and people are consciously turning their attention away from the people, places, things, news, food, the, the shit that you consume, whether it's audio, whether it's movies and whether it's actual physical consumption of stuff, you know, is not good for you. That's going to lower your vibration. Like alcohol, alcohol is just one of the worst things you can have. I've almost cut it completely out of my Me life. Me too. Home. I have. I feel like crap when I have it now. It's nuts. Same. I, I'm on uh, 23 days of no alcohol. Yeah. And if I drink it, that. I drink like a really hard kombucha. Like I'll actually drink like an 8% yeah. alcohol kombucha. So like two of them gets the job done really well. We did that episode a few weeks back and that's what I was drinking that episode. So it's no wonder I start getting tongue tied on it, which we're going to release that one at some point. I know. <laughs> I it got sloppy. It, it got sloppy. But <laughs> that's so yeah. funny. But yeah. that actually, I love that you brought that up because that's a really good way of like understand, like how to like. There's like such simple ways that everybody can raise their vibration by like paying attention to the foods that they put in their body. This is so like cliche, but it's true. No, like it is paying attention to the foods that you put in your body, meditating, journaling, gratitude, like all those. You know, <laughs> I want to say all those stupid ones, but it's true. They it do is. work. But I would say, um, I guess like. How to get there i'm not going to tell anybody what to do unless they were individually like one-on-one -on -one wanting coaching from me but i can just say like what i do specifically is like that feeling of success in my body or joy or peace those are the three things that i move to 
um, and that I become aware of. And so getting there is going to be different for everybody. But like, for me, it's just awareness. It's awareness of like the state of being that I'm currently in. Like I was um, feeling anger yesterday, which is kind of rare for me. And I was, I could really see how it was affecting. They probably didn't know it because they didn't know I was angry, but I could see how it was affecting the people around me. But, and not that anger is bad, by the way. I think anger tells us a lot about our, our experience and it's important for us to move through. Um, so I wouldn't say that anger is necessarily a lower vibration. Um, but I think that um, instead of like wallowing anger and like making it worse, that brings us to a lower vibration. So mm-hmm. paying attention to the emotions that are flowing through us from moment to moment and choosing a higher vibration within those emotions. I don't think that makes any sense unless you experience it, but there it is. No, that makes that makes a ton of it, it makes a ton of sense because we like you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we have free will. We have free will to and I think that's like one of the most fundamental things of how the universe works. Like my thoughts on the universe is that, you know, God universe, the consciousness that has created and animated everything in existence, I think wants to know where it came from. Like think what, what created it, you know, like there's a lot of theological concepts that like, well, nothing could have created it. Like everything has to have a beginning and an end. And if we're all just fractals of something else, like, is there another universe that created the spawn of the universe? That is the God that we look at that controls this universe, you know, like get super deep. But if you were if you were God consciousness or whatever, you'd want to figure out where you came from and you would create these little beings called humans that can experience all these different things. Well, you need free will to experience something genuine. If God was up there pulling all the strings, that's not right. any that's not that's not any sort of an experience that's going to teach you something. Like you need to have the ability to dive deep into the emotional decisions that you make from minute to minute, you know, moment to moment in, in all of the good and bad things in your life. If you didn't have the free will, then what do you have? Like you have to have free will. And that's why I guess I'm so defensive when it comes to anybody's free will, no matter what it is of, of their free will being taken away. And there's a lot of arguments involving free will. Like people will say that we literally have no free will. It's all deterministic and, you know, I just, I don't, I don't subscribe to that because it just, for me, that's a bleak existence, right? Like not only does it not totally. make sense, like theologically or universally scientifically for me, it doesn't make sense, but like, I can choose right now to take this pen and like stab it into my ear. Like it'd be a really stupid <laughs> decision, but I'm going to be deaf in that ear for the rest of my life. And who knows how that's going to affect me. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's a, a drastic example, but like that goes for every moment that you're just talking about, like moment to moment you have the ability to shift however it is that you're thinking. If you remember this conversation that we're having today and that if you're in a really shitty moment of your life and you know that things like a breathwork session, things like a a massively rigorous workout or an ice bath are all going to likely pop you out of those moments to the point where now you have some tools in the toolbox to shift you out of those low times so that when they start to arise, you have something that doesn't just drag you down further. It stops your baseline and you go back up. And every time you start feeling yourself slip a little bit, you go back up because you have the tools. If you think about where that leads on this scale of consciousness that we just showed, what does that lead to if everybody starts to do those kinds of things? Like what sort of critical mass, what sort of hundredth monkey effect are we going to have when everybody starts to do that? Like that's the world I want to, that's the world I want to live in. That's why I want to have a podcast like this that gets this kind of idea and concept out there to the world. I love it. And I also think that like 
part of this shift into a new dimension or collective consciousness or raising the vibration of the earth, I think that the world is especially chaotic right now. And everybody's kind of like freaking out and they're like, what is this? That's part of the process. Like I see it as kind of, I know it's like kind of fucked up in my head. Cause I'm like, this is awesome. Like it's so chaotic, <laughs> but like, in, but like in my body and my knowing, I'm just like, we're so, this is so perfectly happening right now because we're evolving and this is necessary for the next steps in our evolution. And I just, I I'm just excited by it. And it's, call that toxic positivity, but I, I don't think it is. I think that's just realism right there. I don't think that's toxic. I've done a little bit of diving into toxic positivity, and it's it's the uh, I, I have my qualms with that brand. Life is good. Like I've always kind of like, <laughs> and like when I made live this life, it was kind of like I don't like the life is good thing because it's like I get it. You're such, you're you're supposed to try to be cheerful throughout, you know, your highs and lows in your life. But the thing is, is you need to feel the feels sometimes. Like when things are low, sometimes you do have to root yourself. Like I'm talking about staying out of those lows, but wherever you happen to be at, if you feel like, you know, you're there and you, you feel those feelings of the experience of being low, you kind of need that to, you know, tide's got to go out to bring the tide back in. So to have those highs, you know, the contrast, like I said before, a rich person, I don't think really can appreciate how being rich and having monetary, uh, you know, tons of money and at their disposal, I don't think they can appreciate as much if they haven't been dirt poor at one point, like those people really appreciate being financially secure, you know? So I think like being in your feelings and and being able to experience all those highs and lows is a really big deal in people's lives. And you need to be able to just root yourself into those things and experience all there is. And that brand life is good is like, yeah, life is good no matter what. Like that's what it just feels like to me. So it just kind of irks me. And, um, you know, I, I think people realizing that life isn't always going to be good, but it's always going to be life. And if they have the conscious awareness that they're going to make the best of every moment that they have. And they're going to try and bring themselves up out of whatever spot they're in. Or like you, you see other people and you know, you have that influence on them and you're going to bring them up every time you come into that gym or whatever place that you're in. Like that's an amazing place to think about if more people do that in this world, what sort of conversations we won't walk into at the water cooler where people are trashing each other rather than Hey, Alexis, come get into this conversation. And they're, they're talking about something enlightening. Rather, you walk into something and they're trashing somebody because I've, I've been in those experiences too. So it's, it's a great oh, world yeah. to think that's what's blooming out there in the collective. I was thinking about this because like I've been around people and I'm not like judging them at all. I just think that like you don't know what you don't know. But like there's such like a difference of like having these type of conversations about like spirituality and science and the world and like and um your feelings and your life like that's meaningful. But like, I've also been around people and I'm sure like in my life, I've been stuck in a phase like this where like, you don't know what to talk about other than other people. That's a lower vibration. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I I think I have been in like a phase like that where like you just like, it's almost like you're quiet because you're like, I don't know who I am without talking about other people. Um, and so, I don't know, I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I've been around um, others who have been doing that. And I'm like, I don't think they even know what they're doing to themselves. Like, this is just a detriment to themselves. But I just yeah. sit back and I don't say anything. It's like, it's not my it's not my problem. Yeah. And I, I am around a lot of people even still to this day. Um, a lot of people that are, are pretty close to me that I see on a regular basis that are still in that mode. And I have to often sit there and just... I don't want to make them feel insignificant because I, I, again, I I feel like sometimes the the intellect that I have, or sometimes a lot of conversations you can tell is going right over people's heads. I'm sure. 
I know certain people I can't have some of the conversations like what we talk about in this podcast. I can't talk about that with a lot of the Same. people that are in my life. So that's that's why Clubhouse was so influential. Like especially like when we met on Clubhouse, it was like you get around these groups of like minded people, and you can't be around them in person, but you're able to actually connect with these people, and they become very close to you, even though you've never met them in real life. And they get and, it. Yeah, and they they get it. And sometimes you don't have those people around you. So reaching out and networking is a massive part of all of the spiritual awakening type stuff I'm talking about, but it's really hard. I totally understand what you're saying because I have those people in my life now. And I don't think they know what else. I don't think they have other concepts of stuff to talk about. Like they'll, they'll talk about their spouses that hasn't done things to their liking or their kids are pissing them off. And when they have the opportunity to vent to anybody, that's what they do. Like they'll vent and they'll talk about those kinds of things, but they'll also never bring to the table. Like, yeah, my kid also got really good grades and they did this really nice thing for me and gave me this great mother's or father's day present. And they don't, they don't like celebrate any wins or talk about the things that um, they're inspired to do. Like, what are the things I accomplished this week? What am I working on? What am I excited to go and do? Like, they will choose to talk about people or the negative things in this world. And I'm not saying sometimes you got to vent on stuff for sure. Like your spouse pisses you off all the time. You got a friendly event for a few minutes, but you should also try to bring a positive aspect of what else can be brought into the conversation and try and leave it. What are you learning? Exactly. Like bring on an upbeat note, hit hit with the negative stuff and then come in later on with the stuff that like get the bad stuff off your chest and then talk about the stuff that's going to be enlightening. So you walk away from that conversation with, an elevated vibration of elevated mindset. You just gave me a huge epiphany and I don't know what it was within your words, but like, I just like woke up to something. I've really been thinking a lot about this recently and I'm like, maybe this is just my phase of life. Maybe I'm, you know, just growing and this is who I am now. But, um, I kind of go back to, I feel like I'm not my funny self anymore. Like I'm, I know I'm funny, but like, I'm more quiet. I'm more observant. Like I'm, I go into like social settings and I'm not like the life of the party anymore. And and that's okay. Like I actually feel very peaceful being in this place, but I'm also like, am I boring? But I think that, <laughs> and even like on, so, like, I don't get on my story anymore and I'm not like entertaining people. Like you've seen that. Like, I'm just not, I don't have any need for, and I think part of that was like, it's fun to entertain people, but also it was like to prove something and, and or attention or I don't know. Um, whereas so now I'm just, I'm just more quiet and, um, kind of just watching and allowing other people to shine and something that you said just kind of shifted something in me. And I think part of the reason is yes, I'm growing. And so this is a really good phase, but also I don't know what to talk about with people. Mm. I sit there, like sometimes I'll sit in the gym and I'll be like listening to people and it's fascinating, but like, I truly in a way, don't really know how to connect with people. And I wonder, and this is a theory maybe, but like, I kind of wonder if it's like a vibrational thing as well. Like they don't have the ears to hear what you might want to deliver, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Because like, I've been testing out vulnerability and talking about things that I want to talk about and feelings and asking specific questions. And I have noticed recently, because I have been thinking about it a lot, I've noticed I leave feeling bitter because I feel like you said, it's like their eyes glaze over and then like they don't have anything to say. So I have like, I feel no connection. Yeah. And that kind of sucks to be honest. It it does. And I have to, uh, you know, I I think a lot of people who listen to this show, this is, uh, you know, I'd almost say it's like intro level to intermediate level when it comes to like 
conscious awakening. Like that's kind of how I actually geared the show is that this isn't made for like the experts. A lot of people who are really into this stuff will go into the actual experts, the PhDs and people have been doing this for 20 or 30 years. But I think we break down things on this show to a level that a lot of people who are just dipping their toes in or who have a general grasp or who just genuinely want to live a happier life. Like these are all things you're going to add to those tools in the toolbox. I listen to shows similar to this for just that reason. Like I'll kind of want to get things on, you know, general points of view and then I'll dive into some really deep, deep, deep stuff. There's people who just aren't ready for really like any of it. And this doesn't resonate with them. And eventually when you start to get into the the phases where you're shaking away the the kind of people that we're talking about who kind of live in lower levels of of talking about people and and gossiping and not talking about things that are celebrating their wins and and some of that positive stuff when that's all they focus on and they focus on just the negative things of the world they watch the mainstream news you're you're raising yourself away in a way that is so almost like you're phasing out, like we've talked about 3D, 4D, and 5D. If you are, I've used this example before, and I think I've talked about this with you. Like if you drew a stick man on a piece of paper, a two-dimensional piece of paper, and you took a three-dimensional ball and you tried to put it into their two-dimensional world, when that ball touches the piece of paper, they're going to see a little dot first. And as that ball moves through the piece of paper, through their set, their two-dimensional world, you're just going to see a circle just get bigger as it gets through the paper. And then it's going to shrink as the top of the ball goes through. They're not, they can't comprehend a sphere. And as we consciously raise, like that's, that's a, I guess, dimensional, like physical representation of 2d versus 3d, three-dimensional. As we do a similar thing with consciousness, we sort of phase away from lower levels of experience. Those people on that piece of paper are similar to the people that you talk to that glaze over. They can't really comprehend that sphere of knowledge that you're talking about. They only see the, the circle. Depth. Like they don't have that three-dimensional depth of the stuff that you're talking about. I'm not saying they'll never see it. They just have to realize that they can stand up off that piece of paper and there's more than just up, down, left, and right. There's forward, back, and everything else that they have to experience. But you can't tell them. It's like in the matrix. Like they tell them in the movie, like you can't be told what the matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. And yeah, people, people have to get to that point. And everybody has their, their like their aha moment of awakening or process. Like they maybe have a process. Sometimes it's like the dark night of the soul, but you'll never not see that glazed over look until they get to that point for themselves. Like you can just yeah. hope you'll be the catalyst for that change someday. Keep, keep trying. That's all you can do. I know. And I know what that feels like in the other direction too. Cause like, I don't, by all means, I don't think I'm better. I just think that we're just on different wavelengths because yeah. I know what it feels like to hear somebody else speak about things and I glaze over. And it's not that like I'm I'm not in a judgmental space and I actually don't think those people are either. It's just like I go blank because like I have nothing to say. I don't <laughs> I don't know how to relate, you know? Yeah. It's like just like a connection piece like we're not linking up vibrationally. Yeah. And I guess yeah, it's just it's just inter- it's just an interesting phase of life. I just I kind of feel very sad about it. Like there's not Luckily, I have like people like you in my life where like I can call you and like you get it. Like I can talk about all like the crazy shit that I'm going through and my feelings and like you'll be able to like understand and like meet me on that level. But I feel sad that not everybody can get. I don't even say get there. I wish I could be like that with everybody. Right. Because I deeply like care. Like I do care about all these people that I come into contact with. So 
when I can't connect there, I'm like, what do we do from here? Like, where do we go from here? <laughs> and I have, weird. I have a lot of those people in my life who I just genuinely, I don't have similar interests. I'm not all about going out and smashing a ton of drinks at the bar. Like I'm not about going to, you know, crazy parties or loud heavy metal concerts. Like I would in my twenties and stuff like that. You know, like I was, I was all about that. Like I've got friends who still go to like boxing matches and, and MMA stuff. And I'm like, I can kind of go for the entertainment value, but then it also, I know that seeing that's going to drag me to a place where I've put myself in the shoes of the guy in the ring. And I know what the mentality is. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's just, it is a very lonely place to be sometimes because yes, you can make the connection yeah. through people on clubhouse and whatever else. And you, you, know, you can pick up the phone, you can talk to some of the people that you know, but it's different when you're able to like have the circle around you in person. And that's, your close circle. And I mean, definitely in the rural area that I'm in, it's very limited that there's any circles of anybody in these places. And it just, it, a lot of people describe the same exact thing that you're talking about, that it's a lonely place. And it may be, uh, see, so to me, I think that is also something that is going to basically fall to the wayside, become extinct at a certain point. Because like I said, the people I would never have expected to start to wake up they're they're getting farther along. Like these people who you'd never expect. And then all of a sudden come up and tell you like, Oh, I went to a Reiki session. They're like, wait a minute. That's, <laughs> that's not just picking up a book. And that's not just like learning how to meditate. Like Reiki, Reiki can be kind of intense depending on how your reactions are to it. So you never know how much more people are going to look at you with a side eye and be like, she's got her own podcast. Like she's on a podcast and she talks about this kind of stuff. I'm going to listen in and they dive into a conversation like this. And yeah, we're not talking about this particular person, but they got those headphones on and they're listening and you're talking right to their soul because they know that they've probably had conversations with you like that or similar to other people. And if they kind of more, a little bit more conscious about how they look at the world, how they talk about people, it's those baby steps again, that's going to eventually lead to a shift. I mean, like I said, I'm five, six, seven years in on this and I'm still baby stepping on some of this stuff. And I consider myself pretty smart. I think emotionally, I'm pretty stupid. Like I'm I intellectually, <laughs> intellectually, I've learned a lot applying it. That's another big thing that happens in this whole thing is that you're in that constant intellectual mode where you're learn, 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 learn. If you don't apply that knowledge what good is it? Like you need to learn these things, but also embody it in your life. I'll tell you guys, I'm hundred percent different when I'm on this microphone and I'm in my general life than I am when I have to go out in the public. Sometimes I had a huge frictional moment, even today that once I was done, I'm like, why did I even approach it that way? Who cares? This is such a stupid thing. I poured so much in, uh, energy into, why did I do it? You know? So even somebody like people look in reverence to so many big names and celebrities and stuff and think they don't go through hard times or growing pains. And I think the fact that they hide that from people is one of the most detrimental things in the whole self-help yeah. coaching industry, because Tony Robbins doesn't have all his shit together. I don't know how many times a dude's been married. I've heard about like some of his sexual harassment complaints. He's been sued for that kind of stuff. Like Tony doesn't have it all together. And I know people who know him like personally who've worked for him. It, yeah, he's a great guy and he gets up on stage, does a great product, seems really good on camera. I seem really good to every single one of you, but there's some people I could point you to that would tell you some pretty you know, <laughs> harsh opinions of me. I guarantee it. So, you know, it's, it's being patient with yourself and everybody around you is what I think is the key and let everybody grow in their own pace, including yourself. Yeah, I like that. And also, well, I like that you said, um, 
how, how we, you know, we're sucking up all this knowledge all the time, whether we're on social media, or we get interested in a subject and we do a deep dive on the internet. And even this podcast, like there's a lot of really good information in this. And then you might leave feeling changed, but like, I think it's one thing to suck it up, suck up all the knowledge and like do nothing with it. Um, and that's something that I've been like, I, I have, um, I've gone within. So what am I trying to say? How long have we been on this podcast? I'm it's, giving it's, up. I don't know. It's hitting that point. We're at an hour and a half. So <laughs> that's how you know. I always have to look at the time and I'm like, yep. oh, uh, it's Alexis is, Alexis's turkey, po- uh, turkey timer is popped. Like <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time. We'll have to set a timer so that we know once we hit like the hour and 15 minute mark, we get to start wrapping it up. But yeah. We'll we'll wrap it up in a second, but um, you know, I think what you're talking about is something I've used this term quite a bit, and I should coin this and actually talk about it a bit more because I haven't really heard anybody else talk about it. But it's information integration. Like you have yeah. to take the information that you learn and actually apply it to the knowledge in your life. Like walk the walk. Like if you're gonna talk about this stuff, actually do it. And I've had people tell me like, man, I wish I had the podcast teeth in real life more often than we actually see it, and it's it's a hard thing when I hear that. I'm like, damn, like that dig that, that cuts right into my gut sometimes when I hear that, but it's also a gut check. I think that's wise because it's like, no, put your pride aside, let your ego die, put that knife right into the ego and, and stab it dead because that uncomfortable feeling is exactly that it's the ego death. It's, it's you realizing like you're right. They, that, that person who's mentioning that is right. They need to see that better version of you throughout the course of your life. And when you can do that to yourself and you can integrate this stuff that you talk about or read or whatever, um, listen to on a podcast, it, when you can apply that to your life, I think that's when you start to see all the major shifts. And like I said, the growing pains will be there. You'll backslide, but you just gotta, gotta keep living, man. You gotta keep on applying <laughs> those things to your life. And, uh, you'll see the growth and you'll see the growth in the people around you. And hopefully eventually you affect the collective in ways where the reflection of everything you're doing is eventually seen in the people that you encounter and the gloss in their eyes starts to turn into a twinkle instead, you know, mm-hmm. because if you're not uh, changing and you're not applying and integrating, you're just going to come back again and again, and you're going to keep learning the same lessons until you get it right. So you might as well get it right in this lifetime. Am That's I right? right? You're right. Send it there. Let's end it there. All right. So tired. All right, Alexis. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye, Heath. (laughs) If you are a conscious thought leader, an expert on inspiration, or have your own amazing story to tell about how you've manifested your best life, we want you on the show. You can connect with us by writing to connect at livethislife.org. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T at livethislife.org. Or you can reach out to us through the show's Calendly page at calendly.com forward slash live this life and be sure to check out everything going on with the podcast at livethislife.org.